tis the season. It's awesome. Hey, good morning, you guys. It's good to be with you all. And um, I'd love it if we just could give it up for our worship team this morning. Um, they slayed it in the most holy way possible. It was great. Well, I, uh, I would love to share a story, a message of hope with you all this morning. I've uh, titled, the, our, our message this morning is titled, A Seed of Hope. A Seed of Hope. Now, in case you don't know, and you haven't been reminded yet, welcome to the most wonderful time of the year. Raise your hand if this is the most wonderful time of the year. Okay, okay. That was like a 60%. Raise your hand if this is the most stressful time of the year. Yeah, totally. Always a good percentage that this is a stressful time. You know, what, what makes it the most wonderful time? What is it about this time of year that is wonderful? Family? No. no. Oh, I thought you said no. <laughs> but it was, that was almost prophetic because for some people, family is awesome. For others, family is, makes the season really stressful, really hard. Snow. I, I like that answer. Um, snow does make this a wonderful season. Yeah, people, there's a, there's a spirit of generosity in the air. People are more giving. For some of us, who likes all the lights? Anybody? I'm a, I like the lights. Ollie likes the lights. Um, presents? Who's stoked for some presents? Yeah. All the adults keep their hands down because they're just like, yeah. But inside, they're like, if someone really was paying attention, there's that thing I've been like, I put the, in the Life magazine, you know, in the Christmas story, he's like strategically places the the mom's life magazine at the Red Rider BB gun page. Anyways, uh, for travel, we get to travel. That can be stressful and fun. Uh, we go someplace and, and spend family with, uh, or spend, spend time with family. You know the thing that, when you take all of those things, there's a word for all of that. The word is actually hope. It's the anticipation that the, the season brings. Um, in, in the Bible, the word hope, that's what it means. It's not like a, a desire, like, oh, I really hope we have fun this year. The word hope, when you, when you read it in Scripture, it has a meaning. It means what you are anticipating and what you are expecting. So it's an anticipated expectation. Um, I hope that... Yesterday, we went snowboarding, and it was awesome. It exceeded expectations. We were, it was something we were expecting and looking forward to. It's a way of thinking of the future that is better than the present. So when you think of Christmas, Christmas morning and all this stuff, your hope, you're, you're imagining a future that is uh, a then that is better than your now. And hope is thick this time of year. It's, uh, it's so thick that every time you turn on the TV or hear anything, uh, the hope that we have is marketed 
back to us, to tell us, oh, here's what you're hoping for. So you see his and hers matching Lexuses with red ribbons on top in between the football game that the Broncos are losing horribly again. That hope is sailed. Um, it's the... It's the Snoopy Snoopy snow cone machine. Do anybody remember those? Oh, Steph wanted one of those when she was little. It's the Red Rider BB gun. It's the, it's the big wheel. Anybody remember what big wheels are? Oh, yeah. If you have scars on your elbows and you're in your 40s, you had a big wheel. And then it's funny because not only is hope marketed to us, it can somehow get all wrapped up in whether or not you deserve the gifts that you hope to receive. Have you been good? Do you deserve these things? Don't get me wrong. I love giving and receiving presents. I think gift giving is one of my love languages, actually. I just, I love it. Um, when you receive something, it means someone thought about you. And, and, and they love you and care about you, and it's a, it's a sign of, of love, and I love giving gifts so much that I am the worst at waiting till Christmas to give them. I'm the person that's like, I got you something a month ago, and you have to wait that long to get it? No way. I just can't do it. You need it now. Here's your new snowboard boots, or here's whatever. I, 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 love, I love seeing the wonder in kids' eyes at the possibilities. I love seeing when, when you go outside and you know karate a little bit better because you just got a new Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle action figure. When you can fight crime a little bit better because you just got your first Swiss Army knife. When you can run a little bit quicker and jump a little bit higher because your new shoes are awesome, whatever kind of new shoes you want. Or you will be warmer forever because those slippers... They don't just keep your feet warm. They keep your soul a little bit warmer. My point is this. Hope is a powerful thing. And God gave it to us. It's actually a gift from God, hope. It's something that we hold on to with both hands to get us through hard times. It's something that guides us into our future. And Advent is a word that means arrival. It is a seasonal rhythm of hope that our brothers and sisters in the faith have been doing for a long time. Where communities remember, and I love how this says, for Christians around the world, Advent refers to the four weeks leading up to Christmas where communities remember and celebrate the arrival of Jesus and join together in the hope of his ultimate return. See, it's a seasonal rhythm. We've been talking a lot about rhythms. It's a seasonal rhythm of preparation and remembrance. Dietrich Bonhoeffer said, The celebration of Advent is only possible to those who are troubled in soul who know themselves to be poor and imperfect, and who look forward to something better to come. The celebration of Advent and the seasonal rhythms of Christmas 
is best according to what he says, and I, I agree with him, to those who are living in an in-between time of what has been and what is to come. So for the next four weeks, we're gonna, we are going to do what I believe is the most important thing to do this time of year, and that's have an intentional, there's an intentionality of slowing down, quieting our hearts before the Lord, and celebrating the hope we have in Jesus. That's what Advent is. Maybe some of you grew up and that, that term was, was uh, uh, common in your home. Um, I had to look it up a few years ago because I had no idea what it was. Um, the, it was a church term to me that was very foreign, but a seasonal rhythm of slowing down? Oh, I understand that. The four weeks leading up to Christmas? It's what our brothers and sisters have been doing for a long time. So if you grew up in a more liturgical um, background, it's a beautiful rhythm. But the whole point is it's an intentional season of slowing down and remembering where hope truly lies. So that's what we're going to do for our next four gatherings. We're going to have three Sundays of looking at three different aspects of Jesus's birth and then on Christmas Eve which is going to be awesome we're going to take it all as a big picture I don't preach a message we have a night of telling the Christmas story the account of Jesus's birth and then singing some songs together and uh, it's going to be really really great but 750 years before Jesus was born the people of God were in an in-between time they were in this place the the Jewish people, they were, they were between what was and what would be. And if you were living there, you would describe those times, some, some of the similar words we hear today, they were very unsettling times. They were very turbulent times. I'm glad that we've moved on from the term, these are very unprecedented times. They were about to be overrun by a neighboring kingdom, another empire. The Assyrian army was going to come in and wipe them out. And here's the deal. They were actually bringing it on themselves because they had turned their hearts away from God's plan and purposes for them due to their disobedience. They most definitely did not deserve any Christmas presents. If, If there was a list back then, they were on the naughty list for sure. And in the middle of all of this that was going on, God sent a young man, a prophet, to speak to them, to share a word to them. And and when he showed up, he didn't give them a solution. God didn't give them a solution. Do this, 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 and this, and everything will be better. Instead, he sent a prophet to, to give his people a promise. He gave them something to hold on to something to look forward to with anticipation and expectation. He gave them some hope. So if you have your Bibles, we'll put the verses up on the screen, just a few verses today. But if you have them, it's always worth turning to because these aren't words that are just made up and put down for us. These are an account of what God has done in the past. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever, and we are a part of, of this greater story of redemption found in scripture. So it's always rad to turn to it. So in Isaiah chapter 7 and Isaiah chapter 9, we're going to read a few verses to you. So in Isaiah chapter 7, it says this. 
So God spoke through a young man named Isaiah, and his message was, he told them, Isaiah 7, 14, therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. So look for a sign. If you read Isaiah, you see that God is speaking. He's like, this is what's going to happen. Here's why it's going to happen. You're going to be overrun. The Assyrian army is going to invade, and then they're actually going to be taken over by another. It's 50 chapters. It's a lot. And it's real in-depth, but this is what he's saying. These things are going to take place, but look for this sign. The Lord himself will give it to you. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son and call his name Emmanuel. So the sign of Emmanuel. He's saying, look for this sign. A virgin is going to have a son, and that is going to be God in flesh. Emmanuel, God with us. So he told him he was going to send a mighty king who would make everything right forever. But that this king was going to come in seed form. Just a baby. Not like Melinda said, rolling into town as a conqueror. We will look at in a little bit, Jesus will do that, but not here. That wasn't the sign they were looking for. Now flip over a couple of pages to the right. Chapter 9. And it says this in chapter 9, verse 6. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. And the government shall be upon his shoulder. And his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and of the end of peace, there will be no end. On the throne of David and over his kingdom, to establish it and to uphold it with justice and righteous from this time forth and forevermore. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. What a beautiful promise. What a powerful promise. It doesn't just say a who, it says a what and, for, and a how long. Their hopeful anticipation was to be in a person. They were looking forward to a person coming who had unlimited authority and power. They were to look for a baby, a seed of hope. I got three things from this text that they were to look for that Jesus brought with him in the incarnation when he came to earth. The the three things is this, is the first one, they were to look for one who would be delivered. Who would be delivered? Verse 6, for unto us a child is born, to us a son is given. The hope they were looking for could not be earned. It was a gift. It wasn't based on their behavior or their um, merit that gained them this gift. They were about to go be actually uh, punished for uh, lack of faith and disobedience in the Lord when they were given this promise. That's so our Lord, to give a gift even when you don't deserve a gift. Do you guys know that's what grace is? Grace is a gift. Some people have said that grace means uh, G-R-A-C-E, God's riches, maybe you've heard this, at Christ's expense. Jesus bought you a gift you don't deserve, and he could not wait for Christmas to give it to you. That's God's grace. 
They were saying, God said, this promise that I'm looking for, that you're to be looking for, it's a gift. You can't buy it. You can't earn it. You can just be on the lookout and receive it. That's how God works. The second thing they, that this one would bring with them is, is it wouldn't be just delivered, but would have a destiny. This gift, this promise, this person would have a destiny. Verse 6, or the second half of verse 6. And the government, so for unto us a child is born, a son is given. Here's his destiny. And the government shall be upon his shoulder. And his name shall be called Wonderful. Wonderful Counselor. Mighty God. Everlasting Father. Prince of Peace. Some of our favorite movies that we see is this person coming into the knowledge of their predestined greatness. People have faith in this person. This is, this is who you could be if you could only see it yourself. We, we, we love the idea of the person who makes the world right, who brings balance to the force, who you know, goes into the matrix on our behalf and all of this stuff. I mean, we live for this stuff. The reality is it all pales in comparison to the one who will actually not just put the team on his shoulders and carry him through, put the whole world on his shoulders and carry it through. Who counsels us with wonder. Who doesn't just give us wonderful counsel, but counsels us with wonder. When you sit on a mountainside and you look out across the valley and you see the trees and the snow and you're overcome with awe of something greater than yourself, that's being counseled with wonder. When you look into the eyes of your child or a loved one that you can't even explain, all you can do is say, I love you. And if you truly love someone, you know that those words just don't do your feeling justice, do they? I love you, you say. And they go, I love you too. And you're like, no, I don't think you understand. I love you so much that it, it like hurts the wonder that you feel. His destiny is that when you behold him, he will do. There was something about Jesus when he walked the earth. It says that he blew people away with the way that he was. They were awestruck. They would experience fear and trembling and excitement. And they would be like, you're my king and my friend and my savior. There was this sense of, of overwhelmingness of the person that he is, and they would, it would change their life forever. That's being counseled by wonder. You're just blasted with God's goodness. That was the promise. He will be a gift, and he will change everything. He would be mighty like no other king has ever been. Mighty God. He would, his reign would last longer than any reign ever had, and he would bring completion to all that was broken, and his kingdom would be about peace. What a rad promise. He would be delivered. He would have a destiny, and I love this one. He would have a dynasty. 
best dynasties do in our day and age is a few years. Eagles fans, they're only going to last so long. I tell that to make myself feel better about how our slump is only going to last so long. Lord, please help. Okay, verse 7, of the increase of his government and of his peace, check this out, there will be no end. On the throne of David and over his kingdom to establish it and uphold it with justice and righteous from this time forevermore. Who's looking forward to a time where justice and righteousness and peace and power and love and all of the things are, are administered perfectly in every culture around the world forever? Oh, Lord, let it be. Let it be. That's the promise. That's the person that they're looking for. The work he would do would hold up forever and they were going to get to be a part of it that was the promise given 750 years before Jesus was born in a manger that's what they were holding on to now if you follow that storyline down no they were expecting a mighty king a lot of times they forgot that it was coming they were expecting the harvest and they forgot that it, the harvest was coming in seed form a little baby, helpless, hopeless. A baby doesn't roll up with commanding armies. Matter of fact, a baby requires everything that it gets from its mother. There's an intimacy. There's a quietness to that season. There's an intentionality to that season. There's a, a focus in that season. But if you follow that all the way forward, it, it makes a little bit more sense why they missed what, who Jesus was because he didn't do some of the stuff they were expecting. Because he didn't come to make an end to the Roman Empire, who they're talking in Isaiah, the Assyrian army. And then the Babylonian Empire took over after that. And then the Grecian Empire took over after that, Alexander the Great, and then that went for a long time. And then eventually the Roman Empire took over. So fast forward 750 years in uh, a little town of Bethlehem, and Caesar is Lord at that time. And um, when, when Jesus came, they were like, yes, he's finally here. He, he, you guys know the story, most, some of you that this is what Jesus is going to do. His government's on his shoulder. He does all this stuff. He's fitting to kick some butt. Merry Christmas. But he doesn't. He dies on a cross. Because his no end doesn't mean for the next hundred years. He means forever and for all people. So they, they missed part of what was being talked about. But that was the promise they were looking for. You guys know that we are a people living in an in-between space. We aren't in the middle of overrun by the Assyrian army and, and the promise being delivered. We are in an in-between space. We are between Advents. Advent means arrival. We are between Jesus' arrivals. See, we can look back and say, this happened. Unto us a child was born. Unto us a son was given. And then we can say, and on his shoulders forever, he will carry governments 
He will rule with righteousness. He can bring, he will bring peace to the world. And then we can stand in the middle and say, he has brought peace to me. I'm looking forward to this because of this. God has been faithful. The Bible, this is what makes the Bible so rad. We look back and we say, God has been faithful. Look at this. We open, look at this. And then we can say, and it tells us in scripture that not only has God been faithful, he will always be faithful. So we put ourselves in the middle because God has been faithful. He will be faithful, continue to be faithful. And so Advent, we put ourselves in the middle. We live in a middle place, but our promise is the same. We hold on to the hope. There's a lot of hope around this season, but the rhythm of slowing down is to remember that our ultimate hope is in a person. The seed of things to come. But within a seed, that's why I love farming. It's crazy. Within a, a single seed contains everything it needs for the harvest. So while Jesus was in seed form, contained within this seed is this mighty ruler. And if you chase seed back far enough, I don't know how deep you want to go this morning with prophecy and stuff like that. But if you go all the way back to Genesis in chapter 3, the one who is to come before, before it said that a child is born, a son is given. It, it says this after sin entered the world. It said the seed of a woman would come one day and crush darkness. But this, this hope in seed form, I love it. My hope for you and me this season is that we would remember the hope is not in a thing, it's in a person. And when you realize who Jesus is, this is what's crazy about him. You realize it's not just hope that you're holding on to, but that the, his hope, he is holding on to you. Amen. Advent is the Christmas rhythm of retelling and replanting the seed of hope we have in Jesus. It's the renewal of our anticipation. It's the renewal of our expectation. It's the promise that you have that anchors your soul, not just your season. A person you don't earn, but you receive. A person who desires to bring wonder into your life, to give you counsel, to give you strength and peace. A person who can bring order and purpose to your steps, and the days of your life, and a person who never stops pursuing the world. The one who was and is and one day will come again and make all things on earth truly as they are in heaven. That's the person of Jesus. So as you're out in these next few weeks and you are buying gifts, May you make a rhythm of slowing down and remember the gift that was given to us, the promise of the, the one who bring ho brings hope and is hope. As you plan parties, any big Christmas parties coming up this season? They require extra planning. But as you plan a party, would you take a moment and think about the party that is being planned for all who have ever put their faith 
and trust in Jesus and, and, and accepted and lived in this promise of hope. It's called the marriage supper of the Lamb. And you want to talk about a party? Every party we do down here is simply pregame to the ones that we will enjoy and step into in heaven with the Lord and Isaiah and all that have gone before us. Remember that the party that happens in heaven, it says there is such a celebration in heaven over any person who gives their life to the Lord. Hope and expectation. It's what you believe is going to happen. There's a lot of, as much excitement as there is around Christmas, there is a lot of hurt and pain around Christmas. There are loved ones who won't spend Christmas with their families this year for the first time. Maybe the one that started the tradition that you walk into, that made the turkey or hosted the Christmas parties, and maybe this year they're not there like they were in the past. Christmas is a powerful thing. Hope is a powerful thing for good or for bad. But if there is an intentionality and a rhythm about, about remembering this time of year, um, what it's about, and bringing Jesus along and putting him at the centerpiece, I'm believing, as I was preparing this week and thinking about these coming messages, that this would be a year that God would make those things new again. That it does, what, what was in the past doesn't have to be for the future. If you are starting new traditions on your own or if there are people that, are, that are, aren't around, it's possible to have joy and hope in the midst. And if there are songs that, that bring back memories, that maybe this would be the year that God would breathe new life into those things for you and for your family. And you could just remember that there is a promise that God has delivered, who has a destiny. This is what Jesus will do, and this is how long it will last. So what we're going to do is we're actually going to end our, our time this morning with taking communion. And communion is just like a perfect, rad, um, slowing down and intentionality of putting our hearts and our minds around who Jesus is, what he has done, what he has accomplished. It's saying, God, I, re I receive this person, this promise that was given to a people 750 years ago, but is given to me here today. So um, the band's going to come up. Did you dump it out? Okay. Way to go, Rory. Actually, you know, it's funny. This is great. I love being honest at church. No, no, we're good. We'll do it next week. This is what I love honesty at church because you know why? They were like, hey, we got communion. And I was like, we do? Our deacon set it up because that's what they do. And I forgot that we had communion today. You guys, you're like, wait, what? And so I was like, dude, we're not going to have time this morning because I had this message and I wasn't planning on it, but we actually did have time. So I snuck it in there after I told him we weren't going to have it, and he threw your communion away. <laughs> Let's give Rory a hand, ladies and gentlemen. Um, no, it's totally my fault. He does. Jesus does love us. So let's do this. Let's invite the worship team to come up.
I want to pray for us. We're going to sing the song, and then I'll come up. I'll close out our morning. Um, Father, we thank you for today. You know, Christmas is a holiday, Lord, that we celebrate in, in our time. Um, and it, it means so many things to so many people. It means something completely different to me now than it did when I was a child. Um, and I, and there, it's, it grows in its depth every year. As, uh, I just simply think about you, Jesus. I, I'm blown away um, by your love for me, by your love for people. I can't, I'm blown away at how there was a people that you wanted to follow you with your whole heart and they turned away from you so much that that actually um, they were going to be overtaken by, by another kingdom and all you wanted to do was keep them safe and give them purpose and purpose to their steps and hope for their future. Yet in the middle of that, you said, I want to give you a sign. I'm going to send my son, you would say. He will show you the way. His way will work, not just for you, but for all people, and it'll work forever. And as I grow in that every year, I'm just blown away by your goodness, Lord, your simple love for me and for those around me. And it, it, it changes this season for me because... I realize it's not about how much I do or how much I get done. It's just about how much you have done. So, Lord, we love you. We thank you for this time. We thank you for your word, Lord. We sing this song to you in closing because you are awesome and we love you. We pray everything in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, you're going to want to stand up for this song. That pregame party JJ talked about for heaven. We're about to.